Eagles Entertainment. Everything that moves, I don't care who it is. Let's go. Give me everything you got. Play fast, play hard. Let's beat these boys tonight in their house. It's party time. It's party time. Let's go. You are listening to the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast. Now here's your host, Brand Duffy. That's right of the day, and the Eagles have their first losing streak as the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast continues. I'm Fran Duffy, and as always, I think we've got a great show for you here on episode number 503. At the top of today's show, we've got the postgame show where I chat with Marissa Pilla and Ike Reese as the Eagles fall to a record of 10-3 and after a 33-13 loss on the road to the Dallas Cowboys. And again, this was a rough one on both sides. We'll talk through it. There's a lot to discuss here about this game, but the Eagles lose their second straight after falling to the San Francisco 49ers a week ago. Uh, They've got another game to prepare for on the road in Seattle next Monday night. But before we get there, obviously a lot to break down. Uh, Now this episode here is going to take you all the way up to Nick Sirianni's press conference. So if you want to listen to Nick Sirianni, if you want to listen to Jalen Hurts, if you want to listen to Brandon Graham, make sure you go check out the post-game show in its entirety. That can be found over on the Eagles. YouTube page. Go check out uh, myself, Marissa, and Ike as we take you through everything from uh, A to Z here with this football game and we get to hear from the quarterback, from the head coach in this uh, post-game scenario. Now, uh, before we get started here on the show, as always, make sure you head on over to Apple Podcasts, rate, review, subscribe. We'll be back here Tuesday morning with Greg Cosell. Greg and I will both be going through the film separately all throughout the morning on Monday. We'll take our notes, we'll share them with you Monday night and have it here Tuesday morning on the feed. That said, let's get going. Marissa's going to lead us in here to the show. It's time for the postgame show. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Eagles Postgame presented by Rico. I'm Marissa Pillow with Fran Duffy and Ike Reese. And week 14 is in the books, gentlemen. The Eagles fall to 10-3. and three. And this is a bit of uncharted territory because it's just the second time that the Eagles have lost back-to-back games with Jalen Hurts as their starter since October of 2021. And it hurts all the more because it happened against Dallas. Where do you begin to unpack this loss? Well, I look at the, I look at the loss tonight. I'm a little disappointed, a little disheartened by the outcome of the game. I thought they would certainly come out and give you much more of a value and effort, a much more of a fight tonight. I thought this game would be a lot closer. I actually thought the Eagles would have a good chance of coming out and winning this game tonight, but they had to play almost flawless football to beat Dallas in their building tonight. Dallas, 14 straight home wins. You know how great they've been playing at home. You needed more of a flawless effort from the Eagles tonight, and you just didn't get that. Taking care of the football, you know, three turnovers, forced fumbles, not being able to get off the field on third down. These are things you just can't do on the road against the caliber of team they were facing tonight. Uh, the Eagles find themselves in a little bit of a tough spot. Back-to-back weeks, difficult losses, conference foes, confidence may be shaking a little bit, but you got to find a way to get off the mat after this game tonight. This was certainly a disappointing loss. Yeah, how many times have we all sat at this desk after a win and said this was a full-team win? Well, in this game, this was a full-team loss. There, There is plenty of blame to go around on both sides of the football, and really the magic number is the number three. You have three turnovers in enemy territory. The Eagles had three fumbles, one from Jalen Hurts, one from A.J. Brown, one from Devontae Smith, all across the 50-yard line. That's a lot of points off the board in the Eagles' favor. And then the inability to get off the field on third down. 19 snaps 
on third down. The Eagles only got a handful of stops. Again, they had three penalties on third down. That doesn't include an offsides penalty that took, that gave them a, a shorter distance to go. So you have four penalties on third down. The inability to get off the field really hurt this defense once again, especially in the first half where Dallas was able to go up and down the field. They scored points on every single one of their drives in the first half of this game. It's just tough to be able to win a football game on the road against a really good team. It's the same thing we said last week. When you are playing against the best of the best, you have to bring your A game. And the last two weeks, the, the Eagles have certainly not done that. Yeah, those turnovers made it really hard for the offense to create any sort of rhythm, especially Jalen Hurts with that turnover. On the first drive, you could kind of feel the air let out of the offense just a bit. He went over to the sideline, and we can only imagine what he was thinking, but they didn't show a bounce back that we had seen in, in games past. And to your point about the magic number three, the Eagles are now 0-3 when they haven't scored at least 20 points. They were held to just 13 points of defense we're the only ones who found the end zone yeah. today as well. So it was just a lot of stop-and-go rhythm for both sides of the ball, especially on offense. Those turnovers were just deadly. Um, and what does that really come down to? I know turnovers are kind of, you know, a lot of ex uh, other things can play a, a role in it, but that lack of rhythm on offense, where do you start to point the finger? Well, when I look at the turnovers tonight, you just got to give Dallas credit. You know, these are turnovers that were created by the Cowboys. They literally knocked the ball out. You know, Jalen Hurts, they punched the ball out of there against Jalen Hurts. A.J. AJ uh, Brown punched the ball out against A.J. Brown. Devontae Smith, again, a big game there. Punched the ball out against Devontae Smith. Even had two hands on the ball. We were yeah. waiting for the replay, and you could see Devontae put both hands on it, and the defender uh, came in and just got – it was perfect play from the from the defensive back. Yeah, and he's, and that's what I mean by these are more or less where you got to tip your cap to the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. As much as we don't want to, they created these turnovers by being opportunistic and going after the football. We need to do a better job, obviously, of securing the ball. But the thing that hurts the most about those turnovers – those were two plays, I mean three plays, where the Eagles were moving the ball down in Cowboys territory where it looked like the Eagles may be going in for a score and Dallas was just able to come up with the big uh, punch out through there, get a fumble, force momentum to go back their way. And really the Eagles looked deflated really after each one of those turnovers. You could see on the, the expressions on their face where they knew they had an opportunity to get back in the game or either take the lead, and they say, and you can almost feel where they realize they missed the opportunity there. And it also, felt like they didn't have it. Yeah, today, that it it wasn't there. Yeah, and it's also like the the timeliness of those turnovers was also crucial. Turnovers never feel good, but uh, opening drive, so you, you get the you were able to move the ball, you get into opposing territory, opening drive, you feel good, and then you give the ball away. First drive coming out of the locker room in the second half. Fumble once again. So you, you come out of the locker room, you feel good. Hey, let's go make this a, a one-score game, two-score game, and you fumble again. And then early fourth quarter, first drive of the fourth quarter. So just three crucial times where you're hoping to try and get some momentum back. And again, the momentum went both ways. We were sitting here watching the second half. To me, the most pivotal play in this game, it's a 10-point game, 11-point game at this point, third and six, and they hit Jake Ferguson for, what was it? It was a 28-yard completion against Sidney Brown in man-to-man coverage. That, was, to me, was such a pivotal point in this game. If the Eagles are able to get off the field in that spot, now you have the ability to go get points and make this a one-score game. And so when you have turnovers and you have the lack of the ability to get off of the field on third down, 
those are, are deflating for those two sides of the football. And just slow offensive starts. Now the Eagles in their last four games have scored seven or fewer points in the first half. So we've seen the ability for the Eagles to adjust at halftime, come from behind victories. That was a trend over the last few games. But now that tide is starting to shift a little bit. What do we need to see out of the offense to start strong? Well, I'll make it plain and simple. You got to go back to the quarterback play. I mean, it starts and ends with QB1 when he's usually on and he's making plays, the offense is typically humming, and they can move the ball down the field, much like that first drive. You know, Dallas, they come out and score. The Eagles are able to move the ball right down the field, and then you get that unfortunate turnover there where Jalen fumbles the ball because it got punched out. It usually starts with our quarterback, right? It usually starts with him. He's the engine. He's the straw that stirs the drink. When he's typically going and he's in a flow, the offense is usually moving and humming. In the last few weeks, we just haven't been able to get that in the first half of games for whatever reason. You know, people like to point to the play calling or what have you. I like to point to the execution. You know, I like to put it on the players. It's about the players going out, executing the plays, and taking care of the football and not making mistakes to put you behind the eight ball. And we've seen too much of that in the first half of these games. Some of the games we've been able to dig out of the hole and come back and win. But the last two weeks, you're playing caliber, top caliber opponents that when they get ahead, they usually don't let you come back. Also, one of those rare performances where it felt like uh, you saw mistakes from both Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown in yeah. this game. Usually, all right, if one makes a mistake, the other is able to pick the other up. Yeah. But you didn't see that in this game. Not only did both guys have fumbles, but both of them had critical drops. A.J. Brown had that one on the deep corner route that dropped right into the bread basket. Beautiful ball from Jalen Hurts along the sideline, and it hits Man. the ground. And then that scramble drill in the second half, Devontae Smith in the end zone, it hits both hands and goes through and hits the ground. So you had a couple you know, incompletions that you'd say, all right, you know, you want a better ball there from Jalen. But then also uh, the receivers incapable of making some of these plays in some of those big moments as well. Brand's absolutely right. You know, there's opportunities there, plays to be made. And when I talk about Jalen, it's more or less – I understand he's the one that gets everything started, but he needs help, right? So when, he, when he's able to extend the play, make a good throw, you got to have your receivers come through for you, make the catches that they're typically known for making. And Fran mentioned that was a great throw to A.J. Brown on third down. Got to come up with that catch. The play in the end zone, Devontae Smith, we've seen him make that catch over and over throughout his career. You got to make that catch tonight. That's the only way you win a game in Dallas against this caliber of team. You had very, very, um, very little room for error mm -hmm. tonight. You know, this was one of those games where you almost had to be perfect to win on the road. And the Eagles had opportunities there. That, that's the frustrating thing about this game. And the players, when they, when they watch the film tonight, I'm sure they'll watch it on the plane ride back here to Philadelphia. There are plays that could have been made. It's one thing when you just get outclassed and a team just beats you and you just don't have it. Well, the Eagles had opportunities there tonight to actually be in this game and potentially win this game. And when they look at the film tonight, that's where the frustration is going to set in because they're going to see opportunities were there. And they usually make the plays when the opportunity presents itself. Yep. They didn't make them tonight. Yep. Yeah, it felt like that 
Just that little something extra is what was missing, especially on offense. As you both said, there were plays that we've seen these players make just a few weeks ago. How much do you think that the gauntlet of the, this part of the schedule has played a role in maybe those plays slipping through the cracks? This is now their fourth straight game against a playoff team. They play their fifth next week against Seattle. So it's they've taken a beating. They've played a lot of games. They've played a lot of downs and everything like that. How much is that playing a role? Well, I, listen, the competition is going to be there. When you're one of the best teams in the league and you had a type of season the Eagles had last year, you're going to be dealt a difficult hand to have to get through. So the Eagles, I thought, for the most part, especially at the beginning of this tough gauntlet, have handled this well. You know, they've been able to come back, be resilient, persevere, overcome adversity, yep. and come away with wins. I think... Tonight, and even into last week, it was just too many mistakes to overcome, right? So, yeah, it's one thing to have a difficult schedule in front of you, but I, I look at how both of these games played out, and the score to me isn't indicative of, I think, the, the gap between these teams. Eagles, 49ers, Eagles, Dallas Cowboys. I think these are the three best teams in the NFC, and in the last two weeks, to me, the final score really isn't a true indicator of how close these teams are as much as I look at the, the mistakes that are made on the Eagles have to not necessarily take advantage of opportunities. They see these teams again. They understand there are plays there to be made. They just have to make them. Here's the other thing that happens when you lose a game or you're in a tough stretch. You start to press a little bit, right? You, you start to – you want to make the play so bad that – you can almost taste it, right? Uh, you know, that, that I think about the throw to A.J. on the sideline that, that uh, Jalen made. Perfect throw. He, A.J. usually makes that catch. Yep. He makes that catch. Devontae in the end zone. That's a catch that Devontae makes in his sleep. But when things aren't going well, that's what happens. The ball slips through your hands, off your fingers, and you start to press a little bit. So the Eagles have to get through this tough phase right now where we're almost fighting themselves to make plays. They know how good they are. They've shown that already. But when you don't get that positive result out there on the field, sometimes you can start to try to make it happen and force it to happen as, allowing, as opposed to allowing it to happen through its natural course. I think that's some of what you saw tonight was that there are opportunities there that we sometimes – Squeeze, we squeeze the ball and, and we, we, we put pressure on ourselves as opposed to just relaxing and having that confidence and knowing that you can do these things. Yeah, that's the thing. We saw that graphic. We showed the, the schedule over the last few weeks. We always knew coming in that this was going to be a tough stretch here in the schedule, right? And so uh, you weren't going to go perfect football uh, throughout that five, six-game stretch, starting with Dallas before the bye week. But what you wanted was the, the ability to be able to come through on the other side with more wins than losses. The Eagles have done that. Uh, and I think the big thing, one of the other big storylines from tonight, honestly, is going to be, you know, the, hey, the penalties. Some of them, pretty ticky-tack penalties, right? But look, the Eagles over the course of this season – have also been on the other side of those where the, sure. uh, the refs have gone the other way because the officiating has not been good for the majority of this year for all 32 clubs, right? So this is not like it's something new, but tonight, obviously, it hurt the Eagles. I mentioned earlier, three pass interference penalties on third down with another offsides penalty that went from third and long to third and short and got uh, Dallas a first down. So I think when you look at the penalties, they've got to be able to clean this up. When you go through a gauntlet of a schedule like that, which 
By the way, when they get into the postseason and the Eagles, they, they, they have everything in their court to be able to still hold serve in the NFC East, to take care of business. Uh, you control your own destiny that way, but you want to make sure that you button up these mistakes. You can't have turnovers. You can't have penalties. Those self-inflicted wounds that we always talk about, uh, you cannot have them when you go up against good teams, especially when you're on the road. Yeah, it, to your point, it, it almost feels like what you resist persists. And when you try to do too much in a game when things aren't going your way. Sure. And I think early in the season when they were being able to pull out these wins that were close, we saw that ease and that relaxation, especially coming from Jalen Hurts, where there was just this kind of belief, this underlying confidence and quiet leadership that we've seen. And not that he doesn't have that leadership anymore. You can't lose that over the course of a few weeks. But it just seems like there's a different vibe around this team. And I think it also has to do with the snowballing effect of maybe what we've been seeing offensively a little bit. Yeah, as, as hokey as it may seem, I, I believe in mojo and, and, and momentum and sort of those things and positive thinking, reinforcing positive results. Um, and if you have the right body language and the right temperament going into it, you can almost manifest some of these things to come through for you. And I think the Eagles have been able to do that throughout the course of the year. But there's also something about having your confidence shaken a little bit. And, you know, with athletes, is there's a thin line between that confidence and insecurity of, and, and belief in what you can right. do out there on the field. And you sometimes you need to see it in order to believe in it. And then there are times where you can almost manifest it by believing that's what you can do. That's what we saw in the Buffalo Bills game, right? We heard of Brandon on uh, Brandon Graham on the mic up, and he was talking about getting the ball back to Jalen and believing that Jalen was going to be able to go down and score. Yep. You can manifest those things. But then there's also something to not having necessarily a positive outlook and things aren't going well, and you can't manifest those things. You almost are trying to force it to happen. And you can almost do it unconsciously, right, as athletes out there. You don't even know that's what's going on. But me sitting back watching, I'm saying to myself, you can almost read the body language and say, man, instead of us more or less believing and thinking we can win the game and believing that we're going to win the game, it's almost that you're saying to yourself, man, we need a good play. I'm hoping something happens. And it just doesn't always work out in your behalf all the time each game. This is just a little bit of a tough stretch the Eagles are going through right now. And listen, <laughs> you got to get through 17 of these games. Yep. And more often than not, or more likely than not, you're going to have a, a rough patch somewhere throughout the season. We talked about San Francisco. They lost three straight games. Everyone thought that they were out of the race of being a contender. Now everyone is pick, predicting them to be in the Super Bowl. That's just how things can change. Eagles are in a tough spot right now. They got to figure out how to get out of this tough spot, get back on the horse next week versus Seattle, and get a win and start getting that positive momentum going for them. And that's the thing is that I feel like, and this isn't like the team, this is more like us on the outside. Sure. Is that we almost kind of forget what this feeling is like a little bit because it had been so long since we had seen anything like this. This is the schedule here over the next few weeks. So the Eagles have the ability to try and string together some wins here uh, starting next week in Seattle. I, I think it is a good thing, by the way, that this game against the Seahawks got flexed. The Eagles have another day of rest getting ready for that game. The Seahawks playing a tough one against the 49ers, another divisional foe for them uh, here in the, this Sunday. But I think at the end of the day you know for the Eagles the big thing is just trying to get exactly what you said 
get off the mat, find that ability to, to really kind of dig in and try, try and uh, string together some wins here down the stretch. We saw the 49ers maybe show some weaknesses of the Philadelphia Eagles last week, and we see the Cowboys take advantage of some weaknesses of Philadelphia this week. Where can the Eagles grow from that, and where do they start to rebuild their confidence? Well, I think you got to go back to the drawing board, right? This team has had far too much success to not know how to find them, find their way out of this little bit mini slump they're in right now. We're talking about a two-week mini slump where, I don't know, friend, when's the last time uh, the Jalen started games and lost consecutive October games? October of 2021. <laughs> so we're looking at a couple years. We're a little now. spoiled, man. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're looking at a couple years here where Jalen Hurts has not lost consec consecutive games and usually finds his way out of tough spots and can get back on the winning side of things. And I think next week, you know, you go out to Seattle. That's a game you got to fight back in. That's a tough place to go out and yep. play. But it's not the same as going down in Dallas, playing a divisional foe. And I, I can't imagine this team losing three games in a row. So I, I look at it this way. I say this team knows that they're a good football team. They know that they're a good football team. They've had a lot of success the last two years. There's no reason to start doubting that now. Again, they've hit a rough patch in the schedule. It happens to everyone. When you take a step back and look at the, the, the big picture here, you have three losses. Now, now pretty much, you're, you're in the pack with everyone else. In other words, there's no one in the league who doesn't have at least three losses. The Eagles, for the last 11, 12 weeks, have had the best record in all of football. They've gone through a rough little patch here for two weeks, and now they're pretty much in a predicament where they're tied for the best record in the league. They still have an opportunity over the last month of the season, when you think about it, ladies and gentlemen, to still finish at 14-3. and three. Yeah. Now think about that. These are four winnable games that they'll probably be, probably be favored in all four games, and if they take care of business, they're still sitting at 14-3 and three at the end of the season. And if anybody had told me prior to this season, coming off a Super Bowl loss, this team will win 14 games this year. I had them at 13 and 4 at the beginning of the season, so they've already are in a position to exceed expectations. This is just a rough patch in the schedule right now. It doesn't feel good. I'm not going to tell you it feels good. I know the players, to the players to lose two weeks in a row, it does not feel good because they have a standard in which they want to play every week. And not only that, when you're playing against the other top competition in your conference, you want to put out a good showing. And I'm sure they not, they're not proud of what they put out there the last two weeks. But here's the thing. You got a chance to correct that. You got a chance to correct that. And you can, you can, you can turn this negative into a positive in just a matter of weeks. Yeah, I mean, honestly, that was perfectly said. Uh, I don't even know what else <laughs> to say. Somebody put to that on that the T-shirt. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> I, to me, like, at the end of the day, uh, look, this is this was the end of a, a brutal stretch. I shouldn't say the end because obviously going to Seattle is going to be a tough one. But uh, I think when you look at the, what the Eagles have had to do over these last few games, it, it was a tough road. The da Dallas Cowboys coming off. A week of extra rest. They had 10 days rest. Uh, they were getting ready for this game. I know Mike McCarthy missed a couple days, uh, obviously, with his procedure this week. But this is a team coming off extra rest, eyes on, on trying to win this game and level things up in the NFC East. But as Ike said, 
You know, the Eagles have the ability. They control their own destiny. You win out. You're 14-3. and three. At worst, you're the number two seed. Uh, at best, you have the number one seed in the bye and the home, and home field advantage. Everything out in front of you. And by the way, this is why in September, in October, when there are wins where the Eagles win by three points and it doesn't always look pretty and you say, hey, you know what? You're not going to apologize for wins like that because the most important thing in the first half of the season is to stack wins so that you can afford to have a game like this because they are going to come for every single team outside of the, the, the Miami Dolphins three decades ago, five <laughs> decades ago. It's going to happen. You're going to have games like this over the course of the season. The Eagles were able to take care of business in the first half. Now it's about trying to fix what's going on here these last couple of weeks and turn things around in the final month. How much do we think that this is about, you know, uh, blueprints being put out by opponents on how to get the best off of the Eagles? How much has that played a role in the second half of the season of other teams adjusting to what we've been showing and how we've been dominant? Yeah, I think we'd be naive to think that some of that doesn't play into this. I, we, you know, this is a copycat league. And when things are successful against a team like the Eagles, where teams have been trying to figure out how do you slow down Jalen Hurts in this offense all year long, they've been trying to figure it out. And you know what? Maybe there is something out there that says this is what gives them a little bit of trouble. And so the Eagles have to figure out how do we counter that, right? That, that's there. This is the league. Everything you do is on film. So everybody has the ability to study tape and figure out ways to slow down what you like to do to get you out of your comfort zone, to break tendencies and what you like to do, and try to dictate to you versus have you dictate to them. Every team is looking for that slight edge. Have the, have the 49ers and the Cowboys come up with something? Who knows? I, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, you know, the prior weeks to that, when you look at the offense, you know, Kansas City had a little bit of success. You know, Buffalo didn't have as much success. I think it boils down to whether or not, A, do you have the personnel to do those things that other teams are doing? And then, B, what do we do as an offense or a defense to counter what you're trying to do? Yeah, every, league, every week you have to update your resume, right? You have to update what you do. You have to be able to change certain things because teams will hone in on what you like to do and try to sort of put you into a box. So to answer your question, Marissa, yeah, maybe there is something there. But it's not, it's, I don't think it's anything there that the Eagles don't have the ability to counter and then show that they can do something different. It's just a matter of being able to execute. We talked about a couple of different plays yep. that if the Eagles simply either just hold on to the ball and catch the ball, we got a totally different ball game tonight. If the blueprint is force three fumbles, I mean, that's a pretty <laughs> Right, yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's an ever-evolving league, and the Eagles have the ability to make sure that they can stay up with that. And we just heard from Jason Kelsey in the locker room talking about consistency with this team because three turnovers proved to be very costly for the Eagles today. Yeah, not a, not a, you know, we, yeah, it's just inconsistent. You know, at times moving the ball, but then mistakes and turnovers and missed assignments. You know, they get all three phases of the offense. All three, you know, I think we need to get a lot better and more consistent and, you know, yeah. What was Nick's message to you? Consistency is always a key. We talked about those three major turnovers and talking about an offense that needs to get a rhythm going. So in the next coming weeks, where does this offense lean on? Do we expect to see maybe not conservative play calling on the offense, but something to get their wheels greased a little bit to get that rhythm going more? Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I thought the game plan was good tonight. You know, I think we tried to run the ball a little bit more early. 
Um, we move the ball through the air. It's the turnovers. And when you turn the ball over and then you go down by a touchdown or two, that can alter what you're trying to do from a game plan standpoint. So I think as long as the Eagles can stay on schedule and, and, and really stick to what they want to do effectively, they'll be able to be able to move the ball. It's just when we have the mistakes, when we get behind schedule or when we turn the ball over, where's where you sort of abort what the original game plan is, and now you're playing catch-up football. Yeah, four and a half, 4.6 yards per carry uh, from the Eagles tonight. I thought the downhill run game was effective. Uh, no explosive. The long run was 11 yards by Kenny Gainwell. Jalen Hurts also had an 11-yarder uh, as well. But I thought that the downhill run game was good tonight. They were able to hit on a couple RPOs, then a couple came back. You know, A.J. Brown had the offensive pass interference on the opening drive. That brought, that brought back an explosive play, and then Jalen Hurts fumbled on the very next snap. And again, that's those snowballing plays where it's like, all right, if you're able to to hit on that RPO, that changes what that play call is, and you don't fumble on the next play, likely, right? So I think all of those things start to mount up, but ultimately, yeah, I thought the offense did some good things. It's like we joked a little bit ago. Uh, if the game plan for opposing defenses is force three fumbles, uh, I think all 32 teams would say, yeah, that, that, that's a winning formula defensively. It was good to see Dallas Goddard back out on the field for the Eagles, and he brought a lot of physicality, too, and I think he'll start to play even more of an integral role because they missed him over the last few games that he wasn't available for them. But he brought some physicality out there for sure. And certainly a security blanket for Jalen over the middle. You know, you heard A.J. talk about it prior to the game, how it could possibly be beneficiary to him having Dallas Goddard out there on the field because that's less attention a defense gets to focus on A.J. And if they do decide to put double coverage on him or bracket coverage on him, then that's going to leave either Dallas Goddard or Devontae Smith open to get opportunities. And if you look at the targets and the receptions and yardage tonight, you see the main three targets yep. led tonight, whether it was A.J., whether it was Dallas or Devontae, those were the three main targets for Jalen tonight, and he got him the ball. Not only the, only the three main, like the three only targets. No <laughs> yeah. one else got a target uh, in this game. Olamide Zacchaeus had a 28-yard reception, but that was on the fake punt. That wasn't a pass from Jalen Hurts. So four catches for 30 yards from Dallas Goddard in this one. Uh, his abilities both in the run game and the pass game certainly were felt. I'm excited to go back in the film and watch some of the blocking at the point of attack because, again, I thought the Eagles had some success downhill in this football game yeah we we knew fans wanted to see the ball run a little bit more we heard about that yes <laughs> throughout the week <laughs> so uh it's good to see that go and let's move to the other side of the ball defensively we talked about third downs uh to start the show was not great uh in the last two opponents they have converted 62 percent of yeah. their third downs against the philadelphia eagles what happens from here yeah, it's um, it's tough to say. What, what what do you do? You know, people scratch their head and they wonder, is it personnel? Is it scheme? It's a little bit of both. Um, I happen to think some at, at some point we have to be able to step up and make a play. Right, you're in position. Coach calls a good scheme, whether it's man to man, whether it's matchup zone coverage. You know, Dallas at least tonight, their guys in those opportunities, whether it was C.D. Lamb, whether it was Jake Ferguson, they made the play when the ball was thrown to them. And at times, we have to be able to step up and challenge these guys and stop them from being able to make plays. So there were opportunities there. Sometimes you just got to tip your cap to that, to that offense. But there's, there's far too many times where we're not getting off the field on third down. You do all that work on first down and second down to get them in third and, 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 and manageable situations from a defensive standpoint where you say, okay, we ought to be able, if it's third and five to third and nine or ten, we should be able to get off the field here 
Well, offenses are finding areas where they say they feel they can go and feel comfortable throwing the ball. We got to do a better job, whether it's in our linebacking unit or our cornerback unit with the slots, of, of, of coming up and challenging guys. And not only that, you can't have penalties on third. Yeah. Like, like that's the other thing. Now, I, I, I hate being the guy that, <laughs> that complains or whines about officiating, right? But there were a couple calls tonight where I'm saying to myself, come on, man, let these guys play. Yep. This is a big-time game. These are great athletes, top two contending teams. Let these guys go out and do what they do best. I thought there were a couple ticky-tack fouls where Dallas benefited and was able to extend drives. But you, you can't worry about that stuff. That stuff's going to go both ways typically throughout a game. I just thought tonight, when we look at penalties on third down and we look at third down conversions, there's a couple, a couple plays in there where I'm saying to myself, man, our guys did the best they could do there, and they just got some unfortunate calls against them. You know, the reason why the third down conversation is so difficult to have is that, you know, it's it's often a multitude of things. It's often it's something different on every play. You know, Dallas was able to convert on their first four third downs of the night. And it just really quickly going through the first one, third and one, Cavante uh, Turpin goes 22 yards on an end around. So you got a gadget play that hits. All right, like, you know, you're tip of the cap to the offense there. Obviously, there are things the defense can do, but, you know, that's one where it's like, all right, tip of the cap there, explosive player makes a good play. Third and two, uh, third and one, you get a QB sneak for plus three from Dak Prescott. All right, that's a, a different kind of play. We know how effective that play can be. Next one is a scramble drill touchdown from Dak Prescott to C.D. Lamb. All right, so those uh, that's, you want the pass rush to be able to get home. Don't let that don't let Dak escape, and then C.D. Lamb's able to uncover its catch and run for a touchdown. And then the next one is a uh, post corner route, a double move against Bradley Roby from C.D. Lamb. That's a, a great route, one on one man coverage, and so that's four different things that ultimately resulted in four successful plays for the offense, all different coaching points for all three levels of the defense. Yeah. So that's why ultimately, you know, it's the, th the third down thing, that is a collective group. And it's not just, all right, hey, this is what we got to do today, guys. Like, all across the board, there's just a lot of things that need to get buttoned up. Yeah, and Fletcher Cox actually just spoke about third down defense, so let's hear what he had to say. On what wasn't working in the first half. There are things we always talk about, you know, but as a coach, you – you know, I can't think they came out and, you know, the first couple drives and there was a lot of third and ones. You know, it's, as a defensive coordinator, it's hard to give the perfect call on third and one. You know, it's kind of a waste down. Uh, so those are things that we need to fix as a defense. Uh, you know, getting teams in second and long and third and long, and that's when we're really, really good. You know, the last two weeks we haven't done that. You know, teams are getting second manageable, third and manageable, and, you know, they kind of playbook, – playbook is kind of open for them. Uh, but best believe we're going to all look outside for the mirror um, you know, as we did this week, you know, we didn't get the outcome that we wanted. Uh, but, you know, guys, are, like I just said, we're going to find out who the dudes are really are in this team, and I believe in everybody. Fletcher Cox always has a lot of great things to say following uh, any game, especially a loss we can learn a lot from. And we've been asking Ike questions all night. If you at home have a question for this man over here, send us your question. Ask Ike, presented by Pon Lee Hockey. He will do his absolute best to try to answer them. Yeah. We tried to run the ball tonight. We tried. We tried. Before you even ask, yes, we tried to run the ball tonight. Yeah. Now you know that's coming. I can think of two people that will be asking. Yeah. Great stuff there from Marissa and Ike. Thanks to both of them, and thanks to all of you out there for your continued support of this show and all the rest of our X's and O's content here with Eagles Entertainment. That being said, I think that'll do it. Another show in the books here on the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast. For everybody here at the Novacare Complex, I am Fran Duffy. We will talk to you later this week.